And he's like, oh man, look at that. I'm like, dude, you're such a goober. Just the stars. And he's like, no, look at it. And I looked at it and the triangle starts moving and it drops down and then it starts to shift laterally and it circles our entire patrol base. And I'm looking at it, he's looking at it and like, he's got his gun and I've got mine. I'm just like, Ch -ch -ch. and he's like, do you hear it? And I go, no, I don't hear it. And he goes, me neither. <laughs> and so like, we're like looking at it and it's just circling our position. It, it, our, so our patrol base was just like a, we took over like an area of a street and we put a fence around it basically called a HESCO barrier. It's just multiple layers of like dirt filled canvas bags that are bulletproof to a certain amount and everything. But like, it's, we're just in the middle of the field with a fence, like a big fort. And this thing like circled our whole position and then it just shot across the road and just vanished. Just shot across the road and just vanished. The history of our Earth is so different from what we can imagine. Enjoy the journey. The Smithsonian, that if they found out about a large skeleton somewhere, was to go get it. I'm going to assume at least one person is right, because if one person's right, it busts the paradigm. It all goes back to the fallen chair. And the problem with the modern-day church, they have a very truncated view of the supernatural. This backdrop is just pregnant with all kinds of meaning associated with this Mount Hermon event. And this guy defects from the kingdom. That's a big deal. Hey, welcome back to the Blurry Verse. Those of you tuning in, if this is your first time, welcome to Blurry Creatures. We're a podcast about creatures. We try to give you more answers on our podcast. We take you back to ancient history. We filter it all through the Bible. And we give you, you know, what we think is the best answers to these questions that people have when they see weird stuff, and particularly creatures. Um, we are full force working on Blurry Con. We are a month out from our first conference. If you didn't get a ticket, you can go to BlurryCreatures.com right now and get a streaming ticket. We hired a professional team to come in. They're going to film it. It's going to be way more than just setting up a laptop and letting people watch. We're going to have multiple cameras, multiple people helping. We've got a lot of things going on for BlurryCon. We're really excited about it. Can't wait to see you guys and meet you all out there. Yeah, become a member of the show and you get access to tickets. We have another event coming up that we're going to be announcing shortly. Um, besides BlurryCon, but those are the perks for being a member here at Blurry Creatures. If you're a member, you hear about the events and the uh, things that we're doing behind the scenes first. Go to BlurryCreatures.com slash members, become a member. Let's get Zach on this one and wrap up Military Month because we've had a lot of military and veterans on the show talking about their blurry experiences. Thank you guys out there. Thanks for sharing our show, giving us a review on iTunes. And just to all the members who sponsor the show and make this possible, you guys give us the juice. Thank you so much. All right, welcome. Veteran with a sign. You have a big Instagram account and you, uh, 
you're you're like me. You make a lot of digital content online, the memes, the we call it the juice. And you've, you've been listening to Blurry Creatures, so you kind of know what we do here on the show. You're friends with Luke, and you guys have a lot of stories that we, we talked about off air. And uh, we can laugh about those off, yeah. off the show. But um, welcome to Blurry Creatures. And if you know our show, you know we always kick off the show with, with talking about the big guy, Bigfoot. Yeah. What are your thoughts on Bigfoot? Do you have any stories, encounters, thoughts? I, I mean, think? it's definitely real. I've seen enough stuff in my life to know that there's, there's stuff out there. I have, I have my own theories on it. I think it might be trans-dimensional, <laughs> personally. Like, that's just my belief in everything. Like, I used to, like, really, that's why it's all blurry, because, like, your mind picks up on that stuff. I don't know, it's, it has to be, right? Ten years ago, if you would have said there's no such things as aliens, you'd be like, I, I mean, there, aliens exist, people like, there's no such thing. Now the Pentagon's like, yeah. yeah, bro, all we have is aliens. Like, there are so many aliens everywhere, like, everywhere we look. And so, you know, it seems like the internet's done a lot of things to open source information, in my opinion for better or worse. And I, I think you just, I think we should always question everything and like weigh that with your own experience, knowledge and education. Yeah. That's mm. what we do here. We, we, Renee, this is what we do, man. We just talk about being a couple of dumb dummies that, yeah, they're asking, asking questions, looking for better answers. You, you could have kicked off a really good meme or a t-shirt. Bigfoot is trans dimensional. I mean, <laughs> if y'all make it 15, 15 off the top, 15 off the top, Listen, uh, you know, 50, hey, keep my beak wet. That's all I'm saying. You know, we're all dads. I've seen a lot of Bigfoot shirts. I haven't seen that one yet. You know, that's you know, we may we may bring a whole new audience on board. Hey, everyone needs to know at least a meme. Zach, I wanted to. We've been friends for quite some time, and so I wanted you to okay in the beginning talk a little bit about veteran with a sign. This is we have done almost. Unintentionally, uh-huh. but done almost a military month, Nate. We we were talking about this before the show, but we we had Tales from the Grid Square on, and and Zach, you you know Nick, <laughs> and we we had we had a Master Chief from the Nimitz, we had a soldier from Afghanistan, Shane, who who saw a, a, a what he believed be a giant through his thermal, uh, and so we're in this un, unofficial military de facto month, <laughs> and so when we've been talking for a while about you coming on the show, and it seemed to fit. Just like in the, in the weird way this show works, Nate, and, and things sort of flow and line up, it feels like like the right like the right fit as we cap yeah. off a military month, right? And, and and that to preface kind of what you do, and I wanted to give it a chance. We do this at the end, but I, I think it's important at the beginning here to talk a little about things you do because it'll set context for what we will end up talking about. Yeah. But you have a um, a page that you started yes. called Veteran with a Sign, and I'll let you go a little on that. Yes. So thank you again so much. I'm glad I was finally able to wear you down. <laughs> I don't know. I, I really can't thank you both enough. Uh, again, I, I love learning. So that's why I love what y'all do the most, but I'm veteran with the sign. So I was born in Memphis. Wasn't a lot of opportunity for me. I'm going to try to give a real truncated version of this. I wanted to serve my country. And I remember 9-11 happened. I was in eighth grade and I was like walking to the school bus. But my mom was like, stay home. And I stayed home, I got my brother, and I turned on the TV, and I saw the second plane impact. And that, like all of us, left an indelible mark on, on me. And, you know, I wanted to go to college, and I wanted to serve my country, so I enlisted in the Marines. And uh, over the course of four years, I would deploy twice to Afghanistan and conducted combat operations. I was an infantry rifleman. I got married, deployed twice, had two children. And um, after that, I was like, I think I'm, I think I'm done. Uh, this is uh, 2007 to 11. And we moved back to Nashville 
uh, Tennessee, Franklin, which is where my wife is from. And um, it's, I mean, it's, it's great. It's not comparable to Memphis. I grew up in Memphis. I can say that like Nashville is insanely better. Anyone who says otherwise is not telling the truth. <laughs> no, there's just so much more yeah. economic opportunity. It's a creator's town. It's a town that's like people can really be, you know, be themselves in the very best way. And, um, you know, transition out of the military is really hard. And for me, it was scrappy. To get a VA home loan, they had to get an encyclopedia out to do it. This is 2012. They didn't know how, they're like, I remember they went to the realtors like, what's that? And uh, they were doing all that stuff. And, you know, there's just not a path. And so I was able to get to go to a school in town and get my bachelor's and my master's and, you know, work in healthcare, nonprofit and for-profit. And, um, you know, I've done a lot of creative writing stuff. I've written for a few publications like uh, Huffington Post, uh, the Tennessean, and uh, even the New York Times a few times. I've always found writing to be a good creative outlet. So 2020 forced me everyone to slow down, right? You know, the pandemic was hard. I will never dismiss that. But, you know, I got to spend more time with my family than I have in years. And there was just this big shift in my head of like, I want to do that more. Just be with them, be with them. They were both in elementary school at the time. Now they're in middle school and high school. And I also started this page, and it's just me, so aptly named, a veteran holding up a sign. Like, I don't want to get too artsy here on Blurry Creatures, but that's, that's where the name came from. Um, <laughs> and uh, it, the, the young lady who cuts my hair, she took the first photo of me in March of 2020, right before they shut things down big time. And uh, she was like, uh, well, what do you want to do? And I was like, you take this photo of me. And it just said, like, drink water, take Motrin, and change your socks. That's what they tell you to do, like, for most everything in the uh, military. That's the first thing they do when they render aid. And so I did that on the side of the road. And the first month was brutal of people really talking about my dumb tattoos, really talking about my outfits. You know, I don't, I don't know if you know this, but dudes online, they're not super chill. Oh, yeah. It was just kind of, it was, yeah, it was whatever. I found it interesting. And I was like, ah, I think I'll just shut this down. People aren't getting the message. Like the outfits, the same every time for a reason. I'm just trying to communicate a message. I'm trying to communicate like, let's be funny. Let's inform and let's entertain. And I want you to get help. Right. And so I put a post up May 1st and I was like, let's just see what happens. There was this uh, naval, command, naval captain, uh, Captain Crozier. He was relieved of command of his ship because he was like, my ship needs aid. All my kids are sick. And they were like, no, it's not. And he's like, Mr. President, my kids are so sick. We need to help them. They're like, no, it's not. And so they relieved him, which is basically like a general being removed from a base. It's a very big deal. And I did a sign that said, bring back Captain Crozier. And I remember mm. I turned on my phone and like looked at Instagram and I like scrolled and it said 100, 100, 100. I was like, oh, okay, that's a lot. <laughs> and I scrolled again and said 100, 100, 100. And I scrolled again and said 100, 100, 100. And I was like, what's happening? I looked at it and I had gone from like a few hundred followers to thousands in like less than 24 hours. And then after that, it just, just took off, just went north. And it, it still continues to do that. I'm so grateful for it. I barely understand it. Mm. But what I'm trying to always do is to bridge that gap between those who have served, those who have not served, and find that, uh, that common ground. You know, make people laugh a little bit more, too. Just, just hey, meme your way to the top. Hey, hey that's that's what, that's what we're trying to do here, yeah. Nate. Right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. that's 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 the way to do it. I, I understand that because yeah, you, I mean, you release a podcast, you put your thoughts mm -hmm. out in the world, 
and you know you do it on through social media people can be brutal man they can yeah. be really mean and cruel and and you just got to kind of develop this thick skin and it's funny because it's always like the people that are a little bit more artsy and creative and a little more uh-huh. sensitive that are actually more prone to put their thoughts out in the world and then they they're the ones who get blasted the most but they keep doing it for some reason you know it's all the all the tough guys that don't actually ever take a risk to put themselves out there. I mean, it's moments like that. I wish I had good parents, so I wouldn't be so like longing for the attention of others. But hey, here we are. Um, you know, <laughs> yeah, right. we're going deep here. <laughs> well, no, it's just so. What's weird is it would be like we all have dad wounds. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, you mean that's why we're cool. Yeah, that's why we're cool. Um, <laughs> but it'd be people like Nate one two three. Uh, this guy sucks. He's fake. Blah blah blah. And that person would do it for months. But then after May 1st, Nate123 would be like, I've loved this guy forever. We're best friends. It's the weirdest thing that ha- I'm sure you've seen it on your page yeah. that the ones who, mm-hmm. who scream the, the doth, what is it? Me thinks lady to protest too much, whatever that is. Doth, doth protest too much. Yeah, yeah. It's like that. Yeah. And then they're like, dude, what are you doing? Like, I still remember when you were like, you suck. Yeah. <laughs> well, one of the things I love, Zach, though, is that you do, you do bring a lot of awareness to, to, to the struggles of, of the veteran. You know, especially for someone you know like myself who wasn't in very much has a love for the military and respect my grandfather was you know lieutenant colonel in the air force and i know there's thoughts about the air force and and their place in in the military pantheon but that's uh that's not a conversation for here but i think that it's important i have friends that i have a buddy who was deployed twice mm-hmm. three times to afghanistan and you know there's there's a lot of people that don't know the struggles and mm-hmm. the suicide rates for example um and, and people trying to re-enter society after seeing crazy, crazy things that people shouldn't see, or doing things that, that people don't really come back from. It, it's cool, man. I, I think you just—I I, want to say—I th- I think you fit a really. You're filling a hole with, in a lot of times, with humor too. It's a, it's a very important. It's something like twenty. Was it twenty three a day? So 20- it's du- it's like double. Um, First off, your grandfather was a lieutenant colonel. He for sure like stuffed aliens into a bunker somewhere. And the gremlins, man, he he flew B twenty fours. He probably had, I wish he was still here. He probably had gremlins on the pl- on the uh, on the wings, man. I'm telling <laughs> you, his he, he was like sitting next to like Zathurian five or whatever as his co pilot. <laughs> like to be to be a lieutenant colonel in, in any branch is a very big deal. Your grandfather also knew how to read, so that's why he joined the Air Force, not me. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I do, I do appreciate that. It, it is brutal. Uh, um, I don't, I, I don't want to belabor the point or beat a dead horse here, but like, I was in Afghanistan leading combat operations. Like three months later, I was sitting at a t- hotel in Nashville, being told that I couldn't like be a security guard. At, I don't want to name the hotel, but the HR rep was like, "You're just not qualified for it." A few months prior to that, I had 60 people that directly reported. No, I'm not 60. Like, had an Af- about 30 people that reported to me directly. And I was just like, are you being serious? <laughs> like, half of them didn't like, speak English. Like, and I was good at it. I, I can watch a door. I got yeah, this. Dude, yeah, dude. Give me to walk in a circle. I can walk in a circle. You know, if you want to make sure a certain team gets here in a certain time, that'll give you a hint of the place. I'll, I'll take care of it. But, um, mm. you know, when you get out and there's not a lot of resources, I mean, there's, you know, you're, you're, you're different. And, um, you know, you try as I might, I've often found myself in a position where I'm sticking out more than I want to be, right? And uh, it's something like when I was in a corporate environment, a traditional corporate environment, like I would go out of my way to like wear suits, pocket squares. Like I was trying to look normal. That's, that was my thought. Like I need to look like them, but then my sleeves pop down. You see 
tattoos and like what's that and i'm just like oh yeah nobody else has this here mm-hmm. and as you know you know your corporate world it's, it's different yeah dude it's you gotta keep it <laughs> and they're like, what's, keep what's it? that about you're like oh well that's for you know one dot for each soul i've taken you know there's no <laughs> there's no way to get around it <laughs> so all these things will happen and you come back and for me a lot of things weren't working out like most people and there's there's no roadmap and you know for me when i sorry for me when i think about post-traumatic stress what I think about it is when you come to the realization that the memory of who you were is better than the reality that you are, it's almost impossible not to hate yourself. Like, mm. if I had died overseas, nobody would be like, Zach sucked. They'd be like, dude, he was the best, you know, stuff like that. But then you come home and you're just like lost. It's, 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 it's the worst. And, you know, they just, for a long time, they said 22 veterans a day have committed suicide. And uh, they say now the numbers are actually up to like, 44 because they're counting in like uh, accidental deaths, high risk behavior, drug um, stuff. And, you know, all this stuff can be found online and it's just hard. And I've buried more friends after war than I did to it. So when I look at what I'm doing now, I'm like, I just want to do three card Monty on the side of the road, which is on the internet. And three card Monty, for anyone who doesn't know, is, you know, you got the, the cup or the cards. It's like find the queen and you shuffle around three of them. And it's like, and in this case, the king, queen, or whatever it is, is take care of yourself, get help, right? But I shuffle that up with like memes or like, you know, weird stuff that I'm talking about or a joke, whatever it is. And I'm trying to keep you there until I get to that queen. It's like, hey, guess what? This is what you need to see. Because if I say that stuff every day, nobody will pay attention to it. Algorithms won't use it because it's the same blah, blah, blah. So it's like, I've got to bring the audience in to help them know that like I love them and want them to get better. And, um, that's, you know, it's, I'm in a place now where I'm like truly grateful for every opportunity I have. And like, now I just want to take care of this community in the best way I can. I love that, dude. That's important work, man. It's, it's so important. It is hard. It's hard. I mean, the older I get, the, the higher chance it is of suicidal ideation. And, you know, every time, you know, a friend or I lose someone, I feel like there's this wall between it not happening and it happening just mathematically. Mm. So like I, I do what I can to like get out there and like I'm I'm sweaty right now I'm like uncomfortable. I feel like we have a similar you know a similar space because a lot of people you know they they experience something yeah. traumatic, not the same as going to war, but they'll they have some sort of thing that is not inside their paradigm. And they see some creature or they have some experience and then nobody believes them. Nobody there's there's no one they can talk to. There's no one they can reach out to. And in a similar way, you know, the podcast provides an outlet for people to come on the show and talk about whether, you know, run in with dog man, some werewolf creature, or, you know, they've seen they're a soldier that like filmed an actual giant out there on the side of the mountain, yeah. or they had some sort of sleep paralysis episode where they're getting tortured by these things, or they get abducted by UFOs, which I think is probably the, the wildest of the stories on our show. Uh, we hear that. Some people have come on our show and said they haven't even talked to their children about their experiences. So... We understand post-traumatic stress, and we and we talk to people who seem to have gone through it a lot on our show. So it's cool that you're helping people through your Instagram account just to have a place to, to to process these things. But we hear it all the time, and we so we're here for the blurry stuff. And that's that's what you said. You have some some military experiences. Yeah. Well, and that's people. Yeah. Well, I mean, the, having these encounters, the blurry stuff is like it's like if everyone sees black and white, then you see color. How do you explain to someone who's never seen color? Right. Yeah. Right. And so it's, they're like, no, no, things are cool. And you're like, no, dude, I saw it. But yeah, I've, yeah. I've got a blurry story. Well, for the first one is a blurry legend. 
This is one I heard a long time ago. You guys familiar with the Nephilim? No, that's yeah, just a little bit. Oh, yeah. A little bit, huh? That's what I'm, that's what I'm told. <laughs> just a little just bit. A little. All right, so I got to give like a lot of background, but I'm going to try and not take up too much time. So in Afghanistan, it's basically the same as it's always been. It's one of the most diverse landscapes known to man. It's got you know, really hard, like carved out of the earth, mountains up to the north and I believe it's the east, northern area, and then the... The South, this is like wetlands almost, just farming and all sorts of different stuff. And it's, it's all over the place, right? And it's very tribal and it's just untamed. It's the place that destroys empires, I think is what they called it, because like no one can tame all of it because like they have no real concept, at least when I was there of country. Like, you know, one time their president came out, uh, Hamid Karzai, and we had like pictures of him up on the wall. They're like, that's your president. And this guy was like, dude, what's our president? Like, I just farm. They're simple, but not in like a negative way. It's just, it's just they make their houses out of mud. Like they live this way for centuries. They're not going to change. They have cell phones and like weird things that you don't expect to see. But like for most part, it's the exact same. Like every now and then you see a guy in like some old eighties high tops and they're like a cell phone. You're like, dude, what is happening here? Is, is that Morris? Is that <laughs> yeah, you? <laughs> it's so weird. It's so weird. But um, portals definitely portals. Definitely yeah. portals. Um, yeah. but the north. So I was never up in the northern part of Afghanistan, so I can't speak towards that. But the legends there, I heard from all the elders and everything else, is they always said that there's giants and there's vampires and they live in the mountains of Afghanistan. That is a widely known thing in Afghanistan. That's where they live. Well, so this is how it was passed down to me. Right? Is that early, early on in the war, in the early 2000s, the majority of U.S. forces were in Iraq. They were not in Afghanistan. And there was a bunch of stories about at the top of the mountains, at the top of this mountain uh, up in the north, there was this big cave and this big creature, and they had never heard or seen anything like it. And so they sent, I believe it was a squad of army rangers, right? This is kind of their mission as they kind of come in through, they get dropped in and do like... Um, these different type of patrols, like they're they're not like a small unit. It's it's more like a double digit amount of people. And I don't know doctrinally, and I'll probably get butchered for this. I was in the Marines, but um, <laughs> like they're mainly brought to do these types of uh, operations where they go in and like bag and tag people. And so they're going to investigate. And the legend says they were told to go up there by these locals, and there's this big giant. Like whatever, we'll check it out, right? Again, no one had been there since the Russians were there. So like they had to like take donkeys and stuff up there. It was really hard. I mean, it's the mountains are like sideways almost. Like you can't go up them. Got to go side and like take it at an angle. Like you're Stallone and cliffhanger. And uh, <laughs> they finally get to the top of this mountain. They do. It's just scattered as far as they can see, covered in every sort of bone they can see uh, from every sort of animal, but particular a lot of skulls, human skulls. They can identify them as human features. And at the entrance of this cave. They can hear a roar of the sounds. They start to position themselves right out and cover the cave. And they start to call out and the call comes back and, you know, using like the local language and no one understood what this language that was coming back. It wasn't like a, it was like a roar, but they didn't understand the language that was coming back to them. They went there for a little bit and then out of it comes a 15 foot tall, red haired um, giant creature covered in animal skins. And the number one thing they all, they all talked about was the way it smelled. Like they said, he smelled of death, right? Mm. And just pure, horrible things. And they come out and they're like, they're all shocked. And they don't know what to do. And the, the figure then stabs one of them with a, with a spear, like some type of spear that was made. And then they just, they unload and show clear. That means you drop every round you got and you show your weapon clear into this thing until it stops moving. And then they were like, I don't know what to do now. <laughs> so then they call in. Mm. 
to the Hilo and they take him back down to Kandahar and the only picture there is of him is a is a hand sketch of just this like a yeah. like almost like a, what's it called when they do it in the court you know what I'm talking about yeah that's like yeah. A, um, we had phones with cameras but they did like a hand sketch I don't know why they did that but it looked like Blanca from Street Fighter laying on this crate it right? did yeah he was huge and everything else and so like here's the thing I wasn't told this story by like someone I knew in the military. I was told this story by one of the interpreters who had like lived up in the north and it was common for them to come to the south to like work for us, work for the Americans as trans. So like an, an Afghani, right? Like, yeah, it was. And like I was, we were all like floored because you'd ask him stuff and the locals, they would like sell stuff like they don't go out at night unless they have to. And you'd ask them all their, we, all, we call them all John to protect their identities. But we'd be like, John, what is he saying? He's like, oh, there's vampires out there. I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, mm. oh, there's vampires. He's like, they're just crazy. <laughs> He's like, they're just crazy. And then we finally broke him down one time. I was like, what is this? We keep hearing about these vampires and stuff. And he's like, well, that's not what we need to worry about. There's, he's like, there's giants up north. And I was like, what are you talking about? Yeah. Wait, so uh, was this story famous when you heard it? Or was it, is this before it all came out? So this is like 2010. Um, I, don't, I don't think it, it was not a well-known story at that point. It was not a well-known story. So like well, he, he told me know, he was like, it was army soldiers. He didn't know they were army Rangers. That was stuff that I had to research on my own, but like that was like finding out about it, like through Reddit. I think coast to coast made it famous, right? They were the ones. Yeah, I, I think so. In 2000, it just didn't hit like the, like any, what we consider mainstream until 2016. So you were, yeah, you were hearing about this before, you know anybody like Nate or I or anybody who's on YouTube or any or anything had ever heard of this, right? So I think that's a ton of credibility in a lot of ways because this isn't like a this isn't like oh yeah you, you know John is you know John will come John John's like yeah I heard on heard on Joe Rogan right or something like that yeah. like, yeah, <laughs> oh this never this wasn't in the public consciousness or, or stream of consciousness this was a it's just fascinating because yeah he just dude from northern afghanistan who volunteered to fight to like fight the taliban because they don't like the taliban is oppressive to modern day people in afghanistan so he's there with right. us he's well educated like he understands things and he's like yeah bro i remember him being like yeah man <laughs> like and i'm just sitting there like eating an mre being like what did you say he's like yeah there's giants up there and like well, that well, this is great because it. I mean, we literally interviewed a guy who was on the ridge. He was given some, you know, a new therm, and he was he was looking at one of these things for I don't know about about ten minutes. He said, "Yeah," and he said it stood up and it was like three or four feet higher than the trees. And he said up there they were you know fourteen foot trees. There's, so yeah, there's and they're bare. They're like in pockets, like they're not everywhere. Yeah, yeah and he said right. this was massive. It was a massive creature. And then he said it took like three steps and it was over the ridge. So. So this goes in line with our listeners. If you haven't listened to that episode, go back and listen to that one. And, and it falls right in line with what you're talking about. Uh, but I haven't heard some of those other details about the, the bones scattered all around the, the cave outside. I mean, it sounds like sounds like a meme I made of Monty Python when the killer rabbit comes out of the cave. Remember that one? Yes. Look at the bones. Yeah, well. So, <laughs> Look at the bones. Yeah, no. I mean, that that's the thing. Gets to, like, the, I guess the belief is that he was out there, you know, yeah, he was picking them clean. You know, he was like... <laughs> Putting them like you know chicken wings. Yeah. So it's even more context is so the mission in Afghanistan at that time the army had the north a lot of times so they were covering that mountain mountainous area mm. with those ranges and stuff and like the Marine Corps in particular we we had more of the south that was like the mission as it broke down if you like looked where units were but like this dude it was like 
he was an Uzbek. Um, that's this like tribal ethnicity. He's like, yeah, man, there's like so much weird stuff up there. It was like creepy. It, it reminds me a lot of like the stories of the Yeti, you know, the people, yes. they say they live, they're, they're in the mountains, but the Yeti's even mm-hmm. further and up in deep and you don't, and there's a certain elevation you don't go past and they, they don't go out at night. And, you know, there's the Diatlov Pass incident where they're like tongues were ripped out of their bodies and, and there's like these things were mangled and everyone said, yeah, it was probably some kind of Yeti creature that did it. But, you know, the story of the, the creature in the, in the cave is, is pretty familiar one. But th- what about the, the goats and then the locals that dyed their hair orange? Did you see any of that while you were there? There's so, I mean, there's multiple things like according to their culture where, like, so I used to have like rules of like spotting the Taliban and a lot of times. So where I was in southern Afghanistan, everyone farmed, and they were barefoot farming, mainly opium or marijuana, and sometimes weed. And uh, their hands were—I <laughs> mean, that's just what it was. The essentials. Opium was first, yeah. And uh, their hands were rough, and they—they they looked like they'd been staring at the sun their whole lives. But the Taliban people—you'd see them. Their hands were always soft. They had weird tennis shoes because they were trying to run away from you. They always had this weird kind of mascara and makeup thing. But every now and then, you would see these dudes with just red, red hair. Just, just like fire, and you'd be like, "What is that?" Like, I, I don't know. It was, I mean, there's only like a few roads, like in the entire country, like that link together, so you end up like seeing people, you know, travel and stuff. Mm. But yeah, there was there was weird stuff like that, and like uh, he told us like all sorts of stories, like about like how they were superstitious about. He always thought it was funny that they called them vampires, and he's like, "Dude, they're giants." That's that's just how he would talk about it. He's like, they're, they're, "He's like these people are dumb." He's like, "They're vampires." But like, they're not vampires; they're giants. He was very, very specific about it. Mm. And, you know, in Afghanistan in particular, I'm sure you guys remember this, when we were looking for bin Laden up there, the labyrinth of cave system is so diverse and long and wide that I don't believe we still even know how far deep it goes. Which is, Zach, it's fascinating because we actually, we've talked about the cave systems here in the United States, for example. Yeah. And there's people that want to overlay the maps and we still haven't mapped a lot of these in the same way right even mm-hmm. here in the states with the the missing people in national parks and it's like it, they line up it also lines up with big sightings and now people can draw their own conclusions from all of that mm-hmm. but to say that like i think that and we've talked about this a bit nate when it comes to dumbs and when it comes to what's happening underground there's there's so much that we don't know mm-hmm. and then there's in the op- and I think there's the there's a lot of schools of thoughts on, on on giants theories that you know perhaps that some of these and it's controversial of course but some of these potentially could have survived the, the biblical flood the Noahic flood by going underground if they could then you can get it they could they probably could have survived in a mountain cave system that we can't even penetrate with like radar sure it's the idea of Nessie and those things too in deep lakes what what can live in these in these deep places that are you know that they can survive and could have survived things I, th- I think it's you know, Michael Heiser said it on our show, and we bring this up a lot, but he said if just one of these things is true, mm-hmm. then it breaks the whole paradigm, right? Like you have to you have to redraw the lines ar- around what what you believe. And I, and I just think there's too much. Like at this point, the the giant of Kandahar, even some of the the accounts that we've had, you know, from Shane, for example, on our show. Um, and then even things you heard, Zach, like even from from the locals there, it it's funny what is considered normal mm-hmm. when you get out of the united states and out of, even out of the west yes what whether it be in sub-saharan africa or afghanistan places in asia it, it's crazy what is just like yeah that's 
yeah, there's vampires or, or yeah. I mean, this is, it feels like a whole nother world because we, you know, I think in the West we have this idea that we know everything and everything is empirical. And, and you know, our show, we talk a lot about the supernatural and the, and the paranormal and the context, all of it's in the context for us of the, of the biblical narrative and, and how you decipher that. It's just like we've divorced ourselves from all of that in the West. Mm-hmm. And, and that's why I think it's so surprising, but also shouldn't be surprising that when you get into places that are more tribal and, you know, haven't been infected by some of the Mayan viruses we have here, that they're like, yeah, of course there's a giant. What are you talking about? That's why you don't go out at night, right? You know, of course they would say stuff like that. Like, that's the thing. And like, he'd be like, dude, there's not vampires, there's giants because they didn't go out at night. Yeah. What other stories did you hear from the locals? I mean, so it was just, so, so this is from people from the South. So you got to take that into context. Mm-hmm. So the only real connection I had to him was, was John. And he would talk about stuff like this because me and a good friend of mine would, would just be like, what are you talking about? Because right. they would say all sorts of crazy stuff. Like um, they thought, of, you know, they couldn't tell the difference between most of us because we're in uniform. And so like they thought one of us was a demon because uh, like we looked the same to him. It was just like crazy stuff like that. But they would talk about how there was vampires that would come and take the children and uh that there were demons what do you mean by vampires specifically did you get i don't know what exactly was the context of it uh if Mm. it was like maybe it was the taliban kidnapping them or whatever it was but they would say you know if if you weren't paying attention to your kids at night that like demons would show up and take them and just take them and so like Mm. you have to really kind of put this against the background of the place it is this is a place that is unchanged since it was made right outside of the flood and everything else like it's the exact same mm. and the way afghanistan's built is so tribals like each village is like a community so like you could have like your think about it like your neighborhood and then you won't see anything else for miles tens to 20 miles or like you see like another neighborhood and there's kind of stuff in between so everyone really knows each other um they all go to the same church mosque and they're all very connected and more importantly than anything else they don't have technology and they don't use it the way we did at least then so everything is passed down by word of mouth. Mm-hmm. Um, oral traditions, yeah. Tribal. And, yeah, and so you're like, well, what gets lost in translation? I mean, for my money, we think about stuff getting lost in translation with the distractions that we have. But again, this place is the exact same. They make their houses out of mud. I saw them do it. They put mud in the thing. They flip it and you got a brick. They let it dry for a, a day and it's good. Right. And so like, they don't have those distractions. They don't have mm-hmm. those things. What they have is knowledge is given to them. But they retain that stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, the only analogy you have for it is like, remember when you used to know cell phone numbers? Now you just know like Luke, right? Right. Yeah, we don't need numbers anymore. I still know my grandma's number. There's like two, and, I know. And my parents' number. See, that's really it. Yeah. But like everything else is like, that's stuff they hold on to. But like they would, they would talk about that, like that these vampires would show up and just like take kids if you weren't watching them. But the giant thing was the thing I heard the most about, about how that they would roam at night and take animals when nobody was looking. If, you know, if your animals were kept inside, the belief was that that's why they keep all their animals inside their home was because they couldn't let them roam too far. Or else people would, you know, obviously people would take them, but especially in the North, they're always worried about that stuff. It's, it's, it's wild. Like, and we've had stories like when we you know talking to John Dover, uh, that's one that comes to mind, Nate, of like Bigfoot. Come reaching over a fence and taking a sheep. Mm-hmm. Well, there's goats everywhere. There's goats everywhere. Yeah. And then, yeah. you know, yeah. think about it. It's not like not that hard to get a goat if you just snatch one up, you right. know? And um, I don't know there's also weird stuff I couldn't explain either. Mm-hmm. Like in the South, I remember we we're in the middle of this field and there was this multi story 
mound of dirt that someone had just built and it had like a little cave system and you could like go inside and sit there and we turned it to like a little checkpoint we would watch but like Mm. nobody knew why it was there like at all it was just there Mm. it was it was weird like you just like walked mound huge it was like as big as a house actually Mm. it was as big as a house because like 12 people were able to sit up on it comfortably Mm. and like it had its own little system and it's in the middle of a of a poppy field no less which is basically money and so they did stuff around it so like i don't know i always think about that spot actually yeah it makes you think about the mountains we have here nate well i, I, I mean, mean it reminds me of just like one of the first bible verses i ever learned you know like though i walk through the valley of the shadow of death i will fear no evil and you grow up hearing bible verses like this and you never think there are places that these biblical characters were walking through that were like this mm. I think David is probably describing something like very much like this. You know, they're walking through these places that are deserted, that are barren, that are only the like select few people will live there. And if you're even just, Mm -hmm. there's a lot of people who just raise livestock, listen to our show. We get a lot of photos. And if you're out in the bushes and you've got chickens or goats or something, even in rural places in America, you you're locking up your, Mm -hmm. your animals at night because who knows what's going to come again. I couldn't imagine a place like Afghanistan, but you know, you have biblical writers talking about these places. They're not giving them great names. You know, they have horrible names. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's it's what's weird is that like it's the most dangerously deadly, beautiful place I've ever been. Yeah. If that makes. But sense. you don't want to be out at night like, by by any means. No, I mean, I would go out at night with the boys, but that's about it. <laughs> you know, that's huh. that's because we're strapped up. Yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. But these creatures are rumored, rumored to have night vision. You know, they're 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 always have these bioluminescent eyes, and it's like they're built for the terrain. You know. Well, and and and, and here's here's the thing too that's so weird. Like this is one of the things I appreciated the most about Afghanistan is that think of the most rural place you've ever been, and then go farther. There is no noise pollution. There is no light pollution. None of that. So at night, with like a quarter amount of moonlight, you can see everything if you just wait like 20 minutes and walk outside. Like, it's just pure. Wow. And so you, it's, it's the craziest thing in the world. Like, I wouldn't even use my MVGs. I would just go outside and we wait a little bit, you know, and get ready and go. And like, you could see everything. Is, pure, but, than, pure than Michigan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Michigan's blurry. Very blurry. Did, what about, very pure well. what about like UFO activity? Anything out, out there? like that well so that's that's when i had the weirdest story that i can never replace so me and my good friend zach i'll get i'll shout out his name zach so we were on a satellite Wait, phone two, two zachs two zachs yeah it was two uh, of us uh, and um at night so it's night there it's daytime here and we were using a satellite phone and i was running my guys through it and uh i had just finished up and he had finished and we're catching up and passed on the phone to someone else and we're sitting there, we're just lying back and like, we're just taking in the stars, you know, catching a smoke, you know, just like, you're just chilling because it's, you know, we got done patrolling, we got done with all of our stuff and we're just, me and my friend are just talking to each other, not about like work, we're just hanging out and we're just sitting there and, you know, you'd always, you, there was drones and different stuff and airplanes and like I said, there's no noise pollution, no light pollution. So if you could see a car, you know, they say in the ocean, the horizon line's like 15 miles, I think it is. So like, with as flat as it could go, it's multiple miles away. You could see a car coming, right? So that was like if a car was driving down the one road where our position was. But, 
you know, and you would hear helicopters and all that stuff. It's not that hard. It's not unnoticed. But we're just sitting there talking. I think we were smoking Newports, actually. We were smoking Newports. Very popular. Classy. It was around. I remember this because we just got mail. And so mail, you're chopping up everything. So I would go through my stuff and I give my wife is an amazing woman. She would send extra packages to people who never got some. Mm, So totally never even asked. She'd always check on my boys, be like, hey, do that mail? And so this is a big day. Morale's up and we're just hanging out. We got good American cigarettes, you know, the the way the Lord intended. And uh, (laughs) and, um, we're sitting there and I, I, I look up. And there's a triangle, like uh, just a one, two, three. And he's like, oh, man, look at that. I'm like, dude, you're such a goober. Just the stars. And he's like, no, look at it. And I looked at it, and the triangle starts moving, and it drops down. And then it starts to shift laterally, and it circles our entire patrol base. And I'm looking at it, and he's looking at it. And, like, Hmm. he's got his gun, I've got mine. I'm just like, I'm like, bro. And he's like, do you hear it? And I go, no, I don't hear it. And he goes, me neither. <laughs> and so like we're like looking at it and it's just circling our position. It starts to come over it and then it just it just like skips skips a, like out of our our so our patrol base was just like a we took over like an area of a street and we put a fence around it basically called a Hesco barrier. And so it's multiple layers of like dirt filled canvas bags that are bulletproof to a certain amount and everything. But like it's we're just in the middle of the field with the fence, like a big fort. And this thing like circled our whole position and then it just shot across the road and just vanished. Didn't make a single noise. It was the craziest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. Mm. Like we just like stood there mm. and he's like, and I was like, what was that? And he's like, dude, that was aliens. And I was like, I think it was. <laughs> how big, how big was, was like, the craft? I don't, um, it's hard to think of a reference. Like I, I would say, I don't know, like 24 by 18. I'm thinking about that because it's about the size of the cardboard I hold. But like it was, it was, it felt like a drone is what so like that was my initial thought and you would hear drones sometimes and they they're not stealthy at all they just sound, it sounds like a lawnmower but this was like it was just right there and what was unique about it was the way it moved did not make sense to gravity if that if i make sense yeah like it was just it was it was moving free form through whatever space it was in like it didn't even notice us and it just circled the thing that really caught my attention was the way it circled our position. Like it literally like took in our defenses. Like it did the outline of our whole thing and then it just jetted. It's fascinating. Because I, you know what? People who were listening, the first thought would always be, oh, it's a drone. People are, people will say this about UFO stuff too, right? Whether it be like what's on the Nimitz or what they see out at sea. It's like, oh, it's just a drone. Like these are surveillance things. And, and you go, so I think it's really interesting that you'd say that there's no noise. In fact, you could see as far as you yeah. could you could hear you could hear helicopters no noise pollution light pollution you can hear the the bells on goats necks as they're walking around that's how quiet it is in that place so you hear bah, bah, you know and stuff like that i think it's fascinating too too that like we just the the idea of the ufo activity that we hear about like whether it be a nuclear bases especially right you have these things that for whatever reason very interested in military installations there's stories about them turning off warheads and buzzing bases and so in a weird way not that you guys were sitting on nukes because i don't think you were but it's just fascinating that there's an interest that whatever these things are they're interested in oftentimes seem very interested in in military installations that that and hillbillies for whatever reason right like they all still love to show up in our in arkansas and mm-hmm. we love our people from arkansas and alabama and yeah. hey, tennessee Tennessee, we'll take it here. You know, I will tell you if there's anything that'll stop aliens from taking over the earth is if they land in Afghanistan first. We've got at least 
Dude, right? This, We've got this at least another hundred. Right? <laughs> They're like, bro, we'll come back in a hundred years. They're still building <laughs> stuff out of dirt. Like we're we're good. You know? yeah. I also think it's good to point out too that a lot of people don't understand is that you know we don't have just the typical UFO encounter story where they're you know they're these big craft I and mean, you have the ones with the big mm-hmm. craft and those are easier to spot but you do have stories of these like drones that they they, yes. they come out of the ufos and they go around and do some sort of surveillance i you know david politis just released a video so some of these things picked up picked up an elk or a cow or something it was like carrying it around effortlessly they're they're stealing Maybe that's part of the missing 411 phenomena is these little like drone things come down and actually snag can snag people and take them. That was the stuff that I w- I've always thought about is like, do you think about shooting at it? Were you going to shoot it? Oh, if it got closer. Yeah. Like I'm going to shoot it. It's Afghanistan in 2010. I'm, sh- you know, anyone, it was on site, like whatever I could find. But like, I think about it like uh, militarily, like if when we do like reconnaissance stuff, like, we have UAVs, and those, those things are tens of thousands of feet in the air. If you can hear them, they're lower, but the real big ones, like the long-range reconnaissance ones, you can't see them, but like this thing came down and basically penetrated our defenses and took an assessment of our capabilities, right? It was, what was distinctive was the way it, like, like I said, like we, so the houses in Afghanistan, they're courtyard style. So that means like you look at your home, imagine each individual room as a building, and the outline of your house is a wall. So like your living room is one building, your bedroom is one building, but it's open air courtyards in between. So what we would do is we would commandeer, which is the nicest way I can say it, different places. And we were at the end of this road, this main um, thoroughfare in this town of Marja. And we built this, this wall around it, like a big fort, the patrol base. And so it, it didn't like kind of look around, it like looked around everything. And there's no noise, no light, just that. And it was the creepiest thing I've ever seen in my life. And it was the creepiest thing I've ever seen in my life. And it was the creepiest thing I've ever seen in my life. Dude, that's wild. That is weird. And it makes, it makes you just wonder, like, what – I mean, we have – you know, I often think that, you know, we have the same technologies, but ours is just, like, way more rudimentary than, than say, our uh, – as Tim Alberino calls it, our elder brothers, the elder race, right? So if there are angels out there, and I believe there are, they have they, – they seem to have some sort of technology that rivals ours beyond, probably thousands of years beyond our capabilities, but – it's funny that human beings sort of we build flying craft too. We have drones too, but theirs are <laughs> theirs often run on, you know, they're running on an energy system that we don't understand. And so you what that thing that what's his name figured out the uh, sort of the anti gravity, yeah, Bob Lazar, Bob Lazar, Bob Lazar, the whatever fifteen, yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, the the element, yeah, the element that didn't yeah. didn't exist until a year ago, years later, yeah, yeah. yeah, or whatever, yeah. Yeah, but it just makes you wonder, like, you know, the, the things that we that we do know, there's probably a whole arsenal. I mean, think about the military, right? The technology that the military possesses, mm-hmm. the average person doesn't know. Yeah, I mean, the, well, like, the military's had an internet thing for a long time. It's like a secret communication platform. That's why we have the internet now. I mean, most of the technology we use comes from DARPA, 
you know, and then even to add even more craziness to all of that, there's a direct correlation between a sighting of UFOs and like us testing weapons or like being at war. So I've always thought like we're in the middle of Afghanistan. If I was an alien race and one that was going on, be like, yeah, send a drone down there. What are they doing? <laughs> you know, like why are they fighting over this? This doesn't make any sense. And like they would just surveil us because you know, like all the sightings went up significantly from the time we you know we dropped the first nuclear bomb. So I always feel like they're like checking in on us, be like, oh, they're doing it again. You know, <laughs> like why are they doing that again? Mm. Um, so it kind of felt like to me at least. Do you think that the military is getting technology from you know they're they're not just pulling this out of thin air they're actually getting it sourced yeah i mean uh uh you mean like if they have like a someone who's helping them i think anything or they find it they find it and then they reverse engineer it they you know i mean where does it come i mean i I definitely think most of it's reverse engineered i mean bob lazar you know the documentaries have come out about that it's basically just us like flying a ship we don't know how to fly in the dark blindfolded you know all the stuff that he talks about you know the craft and aliens and all the stuff he's seen like we just we're we're in the deep end trying to swim and we're barely treading water most likely Mm um i know there's constant i mean there's constant like you know luke talked about like talked about like nuclear sites you know fort campbell used to be a place where they actually used to store weapons and i was i was in one of their bunkers recently it was crazy actually yeah just up the road and you know now they've moved a lot of stuff other places like military's kind of always doing stuff you know that uh i don't know if, if we all knew all of it we'd probably be more scared than anything oh, right? Yeah, right yeah yeah the levels of secrecy like elon musk bought twitter and most people can barely handle that like <laughs> right yeah. so I know. crazy times no we had, we had a missile silo nate out out uh, in Chico. Mm. it was a titan missile from the cold war yeah it was actually it's actually like probably five minutes eight minutes from my parents house I remember, and i remember how far is chico from the coast three and a half hours so it's enough inland that but they had to they stored tight they stored titan missiles there mm-hmm. during the cold war and i remember when we were in high school we actually you could get into it it, it was flooded out because it had been abandoned but you yeah. could get there's no missiles in it, but you could you could sneak out there and get in there and it was like wild stuff. Like it had, this, it just went down and down and down. There were offices and desks and stuff you don't even think. Or they've since capped the whole thing off because that's what they say. At least I haven't been out there since I was in high school. It's a federal offense to be out there too. So uh, don't come after me. It wasn't uh, allegedly. It was. It was all good fun. I was. I was sixteen. Allegedly, I was there when I was sixteen. So um, allegedly, you don't know what you don't know. And there's one. There's one in my backyard growing up. I didn't know about until. You heard about it, and you know, a bunch of dumb kids in the, in the 80s and 90s who got there and party or whatever. But we decided to try to go down in it. I mean, but you just described Project Montauk, more commonly known as Stranger Things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, dude. Well, you just know, so. you know that like oh, you only get a few, you know, a, just a little glimpse of what the technology that they have. You could just only imagine what these alien, you know angelic races the technology that they possess and it makes you think i mean i i don't know where you think but it something's holding them back right something is keeping them from unleashing this technology upon humans i mean it, you know you're sitting there you're seeing this thing flying around you and you mm-hmm. you gotta you gotta think the thought of like why why do i get to see it and it doesn't take me out you know what i mean like and why is it what is its purpose what is it trying to do i mean it's a lot of philosophical 
you know, debates you probably have with yourself at that moment when you see mm -hmm. some of these things. Well, yeah. And, you know, and at that time I was pretty deep into my deployment. I knew the battle space better than I ever had. You know, I was very acquainted with everything there. I knew what was left was left or right was right. Like I, you know, I could feel the winds change. I, 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 my finger was on the pulse. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't say it was like in the rhythm to ever try and downplay the dangerousness of it, but like I'm, was in the rhythm of like, we do this, this, and this, and this is what we had to do. Right. And like, there's variables of other things, but I've done everything within my power to make sure that I could do what's necessary. And it was so jarring that like, <laughs> I've never forgot it. Like, and then, you know, thinking about like that happened there and to hear one of the interpreters who had never lied to me, had no reason to, he had actually helped and saved a few Marines once or twice, you know, from, telling people where, where things were that we didn't know, like bombs and things like that. Like I was, well, I don't think he's going to lie about the weird giant thing, you know? <laughs> so right. like, it was just weird that, mm -hmm. you know, if there are giants, Nephilim, Moralians, they've definitely gone to Afghanistan is like my main takeaway <laughs> because like, well, I mean, like realistically, like if I were going to like test out things or like operate, let's just say like operate or get a vibe on like how the world's doing, you would go to a place where they basically have no communication outside of each other. Like they're not tweeting like, Hey, I went down to, <laughs> went down right. to see my friend and Oh my God, there was like so many Nephilim there. Hashtag right. Nephilim problems. Like that's right. not what they're going to do. <laughs> you know? They're, um, you know, uh, they have all those things happening there and like the stories are all the same. And you know, it's, that's why it's so interesting. Yeah. You guys know who Mr. Ballin is uh -uh. Mr. Ballin is a guy I believe was a Navy SEAL and he tells a lot of these stories, but he tells the, he actually, I just found this recently from a friend of mine. Like, hey, he tells that story of the giant Kandahar thing. Mm. And like, he tells a way better version of it with more details and all this stuff. But like, it's weird that it's got to a point where it was just a thing that I'd heard. And now it's become like pop culture. Mm. I guess that's the right term for it. Mm. But no, I don't, I don't know why it didn't, it didn't do anything more. I, I, I just assumed it was something surveilling us, you know? Well, I, back to the giant thing, I think it's it just the order to which that happened for you, I think is speaks to the credibility yeah. of the report because it wasn't like this was, you know, you know, this guy you're talking about and YouTube and no, and, no. Um, Steve Quayle and all these guys has already done these interviews. And then you're hearing about it when, cause you're over there post that it's like you come back and then you go, Oh yeah, I heard that story. I know, I know that story. It's gotta be kind of surreal. <laughs> for me, the main takeaway was like the way he was like, they're dumb. It's not vampires. It's giants. And I was like, Whoa, whoa. <laughs> Yeah, and he's like these hit because they they would often, especially people from the north, they're like these are just farmers. They don't they're just rednecks. They don't know what they're talking about because mm -hmm. they were everyone else lived in a you know a much more urban environment by comparison, and so he it was just like how he's like yeah, I was, dude, let me tell you, there's giants up there. It's a big deal. <laughs> like yeah, we were on our show too. Just the, it's not stigmatized over there like it is here, right? So if mm -hmm. they've dug up giant skeletons, they dig them up in Iran or they dig them up in America, you're going to hear about it if it gets dug up in Iran more likely than you are in America. And we brought they, yeah. they just dug up a bunch of these skulls in Iran and it it made the news. It would not make the For news real? here. Yeah, yeah. Longer the skulls, yeah. Well, that's interesting. <laughs> yeah, it happens, but 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 yeah. we brought on, you know, an expert who, who looks into the megalith megalithic cultures and all the the post you know sort of the pre-flood societies and he says you know that was one of his big big claims was that certain parts of the world like peru and iran uh -huh. some of these places 
you can still see these things today. You can still go there, and they're in museums, and but they, they take them out of the museums in America, for example. The Smithsonian, right? Yeah, the Smithsonian shows up, or the, who, who knows? It's just the, the information. The real men in black. Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah, exactly. Americans are some of the most asleep, is what I'm saying, to, to the weird stuff. When you go talk to the locals, whether it's the locals in the Himalayas or the locals in the, the mountains of Afghanistan, they're going to tell you weird, blurry stories. And Americans are just, no. That, that can't be true. Like the, It's like a common knowledge for the locals in a lot of places around the world. It's not singled out to Afghanistan is kind of my point. It's, it's, it's all these hot spots all over the place. To piggyback, which is a super military term, I hate that I said <laughs> off of that. It, it is a weird juxtaposition of like, we don't believe that here in America, yeah. but then they're like, when's the next Black Panther movie coming out? I want Thor. Like, give me more yeah. of that. Like, we want those things, but it's like, hey man, this is just what happens. Kind of weird, right? Nah, that doesn't make any sense. What about Captain America? Mm-hmm. You know, have him throw a shield doesn't really make sense how it bounces back, but whatever. Those are the things we buy into, and I don't know, I just think, I often think humans are scared of like what we can't explain, but mm-hmm. I, I mean, I just always want to learn more, and I don't know why we're so closed off to that. Well, I think I think you make an interesting point. Like, I, I think a lot of the West, especially, does like there's interest in those things, but they have to be in a safe package. Like, this is comic books, and this is yeah. And you realize the people that are writing these shows and writing these comic books are pulling this stuff directly from the biblical narrative, from the Book of Enoch, these, and, and from these ancient stories that are depending on your belief system is, but we believe to be real. Yeah. And, and, but but it's it's approachable if it's Black Panther. It's approachable if it's Incredible Hulk and the Immortals, for example, yeah, yeah. which really is just just the story from from Enoch of the Watchers. It, and then if you get out, then people are like, "No, that's reality." Yeah. Like, uh, and I think I think I think we in the West like to enjoy those things in a safe package that we that we can say that's that's fantasy when reality all these. Th- the vast majority of these things stem from, from real stories, real accounts, and you know, truth. Especially if if, if you if you come from, you know, you come from a faith from from the Christian faith. Like we're Christians, you come from believing the Bible to be true yeah. and, and the biblical narrative to be true. Then these are all coming from very true stories, and and it's easy to. That's how, and that's literally our show, right? Nate, we're just trying to understand all this weird stuff within the paradigm of, of the biblical narrative and, and from a foundation of the Bible of, of understanding our, our, our world through that worldview. And man, it works. It, it, it all fits. And I, and I think that's, a, and again, that, that's why our show has grown the way it has Nate, but also I think that's why, I think that that's why there's a hunger for this though, is because that People are having these accounts, whether in Afghanistan or in the United States or in Franklin, Tennessee. People are having encounters with stuff they can't explain, and it doesn't fit into a nice little box that you can turn on on Netflix and, and then turn off. Yeah. If it happens to you, you can't turn it off. So how do you come to a place where you can come to terms with that if your paradigm isn't big enough to support that? And then, I mean, listen, like you, you had a UFO can track. Your, your, it circled our position, yeah. yeah. That's a tough one if you've come to a place where you can rationalize everything. Yeah. You don't have space for that, right? I mean, and there's stuff I can use to support that too. Like, you know, if something flies in the battle space, you have to know about that. Any missions, you have to know about that. All those things, like, mainly because, like, somebody like me would just be like, bro, I don't know what that is. Pop, pop, pop. Like, it was, like, anything else that happened within kilometers, which clicks, 
uh, we were it was all known and reported and communicated right so like all that stuff's out there but i mean like we're saying about like tied up in a bow it's just my grandfather once told me something and i, I kind of put everything through a lot of his lessons but he's like if you ever want to find out who's telling the truth find out who benefits the most from lying and so I think about like sitting there in the middle of Afghanistan talking to a guy who volunteered his time to, you know, serve his country and be like, yeah, man, there's giants up there. Like there's no real reason for him to lie. He's not trying to impress me. It doesn't matter. Like, I mean, so it's like, okay. And like, yeah, he's got no reason to lie. It's kind of crazy. And then like to see like that little story, how it's trickled to like become modern and everything else. I'm like, okay, well, if there's those things that are happening and Historically, there is a precedent for when the the U.S. military, in particular, is at war. There's always the UFOs that show up mm-hmm. for some reason. They show up and be like, "What are you guys doing? Mm-hmm. What are you guys doing? Are you fighting over these imaginary lines again?" We're like, "Yeah, we are." Mm-hmm. And so, like, that's what's happening. And so, like, I kind of put all that in that same. I'm like, "Well, that makes sense." But I mean, yeah, well, that's, that's good. It's, it's good though because I think that's Nate's almost exactly what we say about like some of the more wild things that come on our shows, Zach. Like. It's just up with like SRA, satanic ritual abuse, right? There's, there's these wild stories about things that happen to people and these things they see. And you ask yourself, what does it benefit this person to tell the story? And it doesn't. At the end of the day, it, it brings them ridicule. Yeah. It, it, it causes people to doubt them, to try to discredit them. So there isn't any benefit to them lying. Yeah. Honestly, there's none. In fact, it's a very vulnerable place to be. Yeah. And I think, I think about in the same, in the same way, what you're just saying, I think that's a, it's a great rule of thumb because like there are in, in the space that we tread, there are people that have encounters. There are people that have these things and they don't tell anybody for that exact reason, right? There isn't any benefit to them personally. Yeah. If it was a lie to tell the lie. Right? Uh, yeah. If, if they're lying, why would they lie? Like hundred percent. So, you know, why would John lie to me? Why would I lie to you? I mean, there's no real reason. Right. There's not, it doesn't benefit anybody. It's not like you're getting, yeah, you're, you're, you're getting the wrong kind of attention most yeah. of the time too. Right. And I think that's it's a very important point. I think if you're listening to the show to remember is that like, ask yourself that, like, what's the benefit of, of, of that? It's not, I mean, you are paying me $20,000 to be here. Just, just so everyone knows <laughs> yeah, <what? laughs> Lucas paying me $20,000 to be here. Let the record show this will hold up in court. No, they're, they're all, sh- it's shrew bucks. Yeah. So yeah, I'll just, I just print them out on my, on my ink. <laughs> That's good. What's the ratio of Stanley Nichols to shrew bucks? Uh, no, <laughs> yeah, right. no, it's no, I've, I mean, there's other stuff. I mean, I, I don't know. There's all sorts of different things. Like sometimes we would hear weird stuff on the radio, which would happen a lot. Um, I mean, nothing really concrete. There was only one cell phone tower in that part of Afghanistan. Um, the radios were used, you know, they were kind of here and there, but you would pick up like weird sounds that you couldn't explain. But like that could also just be garbled communication. Like it wasn't like enough. I mean, because it's, again, that's what's so weird is like we were like high end technology in the middle of the desert. I don't, I don't know. I'm trying to make sense. Well, of think it. about think about the average soldier too, or just average human yeah. being. You're you're crammed in a city. You're fed a genetically modified diet, and then you're shipped to some weird part of the world, or you know, you you have no context other than Hollywood movies, mm-hmm. and you think that stuff's all just made up. I mean, I can't tell you how many people have a Sasquatch story from their childhood, mm-hmm. where they weren't even able to talk about it till they were an adult, and then even when they were a kid, they just thought they imagined this thing. And then it's not until more and more people come out and say, oh, yeah, I saw this giant, eight-foot, hairy beast. And then, you know, you you hear that so often, but people don't talk about it 
10, 15, 20 years. And, but these people are, we're all crammed in these cities and we're just, you, you got to understand whatever side of the political coin you fall, we're, we're fed, we're spoon fed a narrative. And then you, it, it depends on what happens to get you outside of your box when you start to realize like the blurry stuff, that's the real stuff. This stuff didn't go away. The, the stuff they talked about in the Old Testament, it never, it never, it never left. Just kind of went more underground, or it's out outside on the outskirts. Mm-hmm. But we have this sort of modern way of looking at everything, and not many people get shipped off to a place like Afghanistan. Or me, I was, I went into a tour bus as a, you know, as a kid and started going around the United States, seeing places I never thought I would see. And you're in these weird places in the United States that you have no business of being in. Nobody would be there. And you start yeah. you start to realize that it takes a long time for the human brain to change and adapt and be willing to be sitting on a hillside, see a UFO and go, I'm seeing a UFO right now. Are you seeing, you know, you know what I mean? It's like yeah, pulling squares, man. We're, we're blowing some new ports. Yeah. Like, Dude, what's happening? You know, it's crazy. It's crazy. But it but the average person, if they hadn't had any experience like that, they're that's too much. It's too jarring, right? It's like you yeah. have, you have to have a little bit more and more and more. It's, it's rare the person can just be thrown into the deep end and and you know, basically taken into a situation like this and, and accept it, you know. And that's what happens to a lot of hunters, you know, they'll see something that they I've been in the woods my whole life. That shouldn't mm-hmm. exist. And I'm seeing it. I'm yeah. watching it. Yeah. You know? And it's almost like they have they 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 melt down. They fall apart. Their whole world is shattered in in a matter of minutes, you know. What else is out there? Well, and in Afghanistan in particular, there would be so many weird things that we would see that just like you wouldn't see anywhere else. So the Russians were there before us, as everyone knows. And on my first tour, we were in a place called Garms or Afghanistan. And like, I remember we walked until the, we went to the edge of the city and there was nothing except wild camels and, you know, not like in Disney movies, they're pretty mean. (laughs) And uh, then we would walk back. But I remember when we came back one time, there was basically a battalion of tanks that had just been left there. Right. And this is tanks. These are armored vehicles. And somehow somebody got a plasma torch or whatever, but they'd ripped them down to the bare bones. We came across this village. There was this old dude who was like, I'm not scared of you. I was killing Russians before you were born. Mm -hmm. And no one had been there for decades until we got there. So I was just, I remember thinking that being, and he had like, he was missing fingers on each hand. So like he he had, he had put a few bombs (laughs) in the ground, you know? Yeah. Right. Um, It was just like, dude, guys probably seen everything but like we just kept going and everyone back to that one place but like there was these weird little little things where i'm like oh yeah it's always been that way in this place like you know you know what i'm saying like exactly i think about this like if you're a local and you grew up there you as a young child you knew there were giants in the mountains you just knew that as a as a kid that's what i'm telling yeah it was it was not like not like uh don't go outside the boogeyman it's like dude there's giants the end yeah 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 and you you grow up with this knowledge and so you're walking you know you're walking alongside you got a goat with you and you're seeing some american you're like watch out there's giants up there and you just keep going along your merry way and you (laughs) you know you're 20 something you know soldiers like what did you say they're giants up there it's just i just think it's funny because i think a lot of people and this is how the native cultures are too places you know we bring them on the show they grow up in places near skinwalker ranch and they know they just know, as a young kid, there's weird stuff out there, and you know, there's these rules. There's these rules you. Look yeah, by. I mean, it's there's no different than like in like East Tennessee. I'd always heard if you're like out in the woods, be careful. There's mountain lions. Like there's just places where you live 
We like to have rules. Like if you're in Chico, you got to watch out for nuclear missiles. Like every place, right. yeah. every yeah. place, that, allegedly. That, that and MIPs, if you're underage, <laughs> it's the MIP capital of California. So. MIP? Minor in possession. I remember when I was in college, they handed out more tickets to kids for drinking. So that's a, a big aside. You got to look out for those though, too, if you're under 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 the age of twenty one. I'm thinking more like like the natives knew like don't go past a certain elevation on Mount Shasta. You mm-hmm. don't you don't mm-hmm. do things like that. Whereas the locals would be like, what are you talking about? That's crazy, superstitious, blah blah blah. We can do that mm-hmm. stuff, and people just end up missing. They're just vanish, and the locals are like. I don't know why it is, but the world we grew up in is just different than some of these other places where there's a knowledge. People talk about it at a young age. They don't have to convince their kids their giants are real. They don't have to pull out a, a skeleton and get a science kit and say this. You know, they just they listen to their mom and dad. They know their giants up there, and then they keep going. I, I, that's that's really what I'm trying to say. Is there's these pockets that I'm, I'm kicking a dead horse here, but. I think locals have a lot of this knowledge and it's not hard for them to believe it. No, I mean, the world is so much harder there. You know, you just, you just had a son recently, like he would be walking by now in Afghanistan. I'm not trying to exaggerate because <laughs> like they, they have to like survive on their own after a certain amount of time. Like they don't get, right. you know, they're not going to preschool. Like they have, they've got to make a house. They got to farm the fields, whatever it is. I mean, they're more mature, I guess. They're just more aware. Like I, when I think of a but yeah, when I think of America, I think of like we've just become like that bat, the Dark Knight, where Bane's beating up Batman. He's like, you know, you know, victory has defeated you. Like that's kind of America in a lot of ways, not in like a negative way, but like we were we're the, the top. Like for what, whatever, all things aside, like I've been in multiple countries and, and multiple continents. Like we're the best. Like you can drink the water out of your shower. That alone is wild. And it's not right. that accessible in all countries. So it reminds um, me of that 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 saying is like, hard times create tough men. Tough men create good times. Good times create weak. Weak good times create weak yeah, men. Yeah, yeah. Weak men create hard times. Yeah. 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 It's a circle. I don't know. We're just kind of a little dull to everything else. It's just like we're not. I don't want to use another analogy. Remember, like in the movie Hook with Robin Williams, he used to be Peter Great Pan. Great movie, by the way. Great. I love that you got movie references. This is just well, he right forgets. They, they're like. You're like fly, fly, and he forgets like all the things that like made him who he was. Can't, hey, can't fly. Yeah, can't fight. Can't, can't fly. Bro. Can't fight. Yeah, Oh, I think that's great. Yeah, there it is. Right. Yeah, yeah. Right. no, but like no one more than me is aware of the fact that I was in my early twenties walking around Afghanistan. You know, the grounds exploding sometimes, or machine guns, or whatever else is happening. And then these weird things start happening too. It's just like, uh, I don't have the same experience in Iwo Jima, but it's not fun right now. <laughs> like, it's wild, but and now, and now, now we're just the old fat grandpa man, right? Yeah, Peter Pan, Mister Peter Panning. Yeah, age forty five. <laughs> yeah, he was <laughs> ancient. Diatribe. He was ancient. Yeah, that's yeah. like I'm, I'm like Peter Panning's age right now, almost. Yeah. Wow. But no, it's it's. I'm always trying to learn more, you know, kind of, I won't say unblur things, but be like, why is that that way? That's, that's my new thing of like looking more into stuff like that. Yeah. What's everywhere. I mean, it's, it's, it's in your backyard. You can find a mound in your backyard. Or you can go to Afghanistan and find it. I mean, it's really, this stuff is all over the place. It's not just, you know, there's Sasquatch sightings all over the, 
the United States, all over the world, really, different different breeds of them, and UFOs are happening more and more. I mean, there's that famous account that's going around the going viral right now about the CIA harassing this guy who who filmed the giant on top of a mountain, and we probably got a hundred links to this this video that's going around. I don't know what I think yeah. about it, but Was, is it through a thermal? No, it's he's just driving no. his car. He films this giant on top of a mountain. It and, and where. Uh, where was that? Was it, was it in Idaho? Or, I can't remember where it was. Montana. It's in the U.S. Yeah, I can't remember where, it, but he, he films it, and there's this whole backstory that he like tries to go back. He posted it, like on he TikTok. started doing the the math on how big it would have to be to see it on top of this ridge. And he does he does like a scale ratio. Yeah. And then he tries to go back, and he can't go back. There's what he believes to be there's people that are blocking the road and tell him to turn around. It's just weird. I mean, weird stuff, right? And then and then he he ends up dead. Yeah, and it's just there's this whole. So I don't know, you know, it's it's crazy now, right? Because of everything that, because of the internet, because of deep, because of deep fakes, because of all that. It's in Canada. He filmed it in Vancouver. Yeah, that's what it is. All right. So he films it in Vancouver, and then he starts getting. Stopped. Yeah, I mean, you're talking about a place that's also that also has a lot of like vegetation. Well, I, you know, it's not densely populated. They got like trees. Right. Their biggest houses. Yeah, very remote. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just happening more live, and more, but, and, more. You know, and I think that, wherever there's wildness, you know, you'll find blurries. You know, eating, That's a eating the corn, corn-fed diets. We're we're starting to <laughs> scratch our heads and be like, the world is go not, ahead. The world is not what I think it is, and I think that uh, you know, obviously, the show's woken up a lot of people to the weird, blurry things out there, and and I appreciate you, you know, coming on and and dropping the, you know, some stories on us that for for us, you know, we we don't know what it's like living in some of these places, and some people they just they're unfortunately they just stay in one town their whole life and they don't. They don't get to travel and they don't get to see the world and it's not easy. I mean, obviously it's a, you know, it's a blessing to be able to travel like some people have, but that traveling, I remember it just really expanded my perspective. I started to see things differently, the world differently. It's a big part of, of seeing that, you know, you can watch a million movies, but when you stand somewhere, it's a completely different experience, you know? And, uh, especially just getting out of a first world country, just getting into a third world country and just just how much more gratitude Americans would have if they could just spend a couple months in a third world country just trying to figure out, you know, how they how they survive versus how we survive. So it's it's cool to hear these stories even though it's you know, it's a little bit more of just a a free range conversation. I think I can confidently say that a lot of us just don't we don't know. We just have no have no context to, to what the local people in some of these places experience and how they believe versus how we believe. So, yeah, I mean, I couldn't agree more. I was just watching the Anthony Bourdain documentary called Roadrunner, and Anthony Bourdain will forever be one of my favorite storytellers. The way he spoke and the way he did things, um, but he his biggest thing is like travel, see the world, and like that is a thing that we we all need to try and do. You know, you, both of you are well-traveled. Like, I found that we're all different, but we're also a lot more alike. Yeah. But, like, you know, to, there is something about being in a different place, having your foot in the bare soil of a different continent. Like, it does. It gives you, like, man, all right, you know, things aren't that bad. I can drink my shower water. There's yeah. toilets. Like, in that place like Afghanistan, they don't have yeah. toilets. They think it's gross. They, they just go on a <laughs> – they just stand on toilets and use them and squat over them or they use a hole. Like, I know it's kind of weird, but like, there's just little things that like make, like they, they're dying of diseases that we've cured for the most part and all these weird things. And so 
we forget those things in our softness and we need to go back to that a little bit let's just all be primal like liver king i, I don't <laughs> yeah. know like, yeah, taking 11 <laughs> times the uh the recommended dose of, of hgh yeah that's just one uh, it's liver king baby that's, that's a lot, lot of liver baby um is that hey zach can't thank you enough for being on man yeah. um we talked a bit a bit about your project in the beginning but one, again want to give everybody a chance to check out what you're doing and give yourself a little a little plug here at the end oh th again thank you both so much i i love what you are doing so much it's insane and your merch is well, we got some we got some merch for you we have to we have to do a little we should do a little collab social media collab, oh, yeah. collab when we drop the episode It'd be fun dude I, i'm down any any reason to go have a burger oh man you, I'm i know the spot we, we just gotta get yeah, yeah. Down here from from uh from north of Nashville. where's the spot it's it's the best do you want to name it we can name it it's it's called ground in uh in franklin they make everything in there it's you just walk in and cash only no dude it's, no, like no, it's, it's super not cash tech only. honestly which is like oh, the, guy's yeah, like, yeah. the guy's like yeah. no 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 not cash so he, he you punch it in to like an ipad and then it spits it out to him and he doesn't do anything he doesn't just he just comes up so this guy they've got a really good pos yeah, yeah and like they, they actually know me luke because it's like like Danny DeVito and Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> from Twins walking in. So well, last time like, when yeah. he's like, "Oh, you get one for your wife too?" I'm like, "Yes." At the end, I'll come back and do this at the end. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's it's the best. You got to do it. But um, no, I I can't thank you both enough. Um, Veteran with the sign is my Instagram page. It's also my Facebook page and my TikTok. You know, the main mission I'm trying to do is make people laugh more and hurt themselves less. If there's everything you can do, please reach out. Um, trying to get people the resources and if you or anyone you know is trying to harm or hurt themselves text call or uh, text or call 988 to get the help you need immediately and thank you all for having me on thanks dude thanks for uh capping yeah. off military month here on blurry creatures we had a lot of, yeah, a lot yeah, of good man. stories it's great yeah. this is the best part of my military career ever so it's, it's cool <laughs> it's cool though like it, it, it nate is it's not lost to me that like in some ways i think it's cool that like what we try to do here is is really push back the darkness in a lot of ways, right? That's, that's what we want to do is expose the darkness, push it back, and, and I feel like in an, in a way you're doing the same thing, Zach. Like you're trying to push back the darkness when it comes to you know remind people that there's doesn't matter how bad it gets, it doesn't matter how how hard it was, the things you've seen, even the things you've done, that there is a reason to be alive and, mm -hmm. and there's a reason to to continue on. And yeah, man, it's just thank you for fighting the good fight doing that. I mean. You know, we believe that God inherently God is values all of us and loves yeah. us like to to a degree that we can't even imagine. And Nick, you're pushing back the darkness on your end, man, and doing it with meme and meme and like like you Nate just meme kings here. So it's good trying. to be in your presence. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I, I'm trying. I, one of the things I always say is just like I try and always I just say stay. You're worth fighting for. Like that's just yeah. it. So, yeah. Thank you all. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, man. Thanks for coming on. Appreciate it. Cool, bro. Thank y'all.